0: We're going to be in our Bible today, we're going to start in Genesis, that's where the beginning is, because in the beginning God created mankind, amen? I saw you yesterday, yes, I'm pulling out of his place, and I'm going down the road trying to stay in between all the snowbanks. and I glanced over at the blue house, and you're out there, I think you were holding your daughter, yeah. But I didn't stop because there was cars coming and there's not only this much space and two cars take up more than what space I had, so I had to be really careful. So, hello. <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning, God created mankind. Genesis 2.15 reads like this out of the New King James. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying... Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Definite command and a definite result. Christians are familiar with the story and how it unfolds. The woman and the man were deceived and beguiled by the serpent. And they both ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil And their eyes were opened. Then Adam and Eve sowed fig leaves together to try to cover themselves as they hid from God. Because they realized something was different now. A separation had taken place, not by God's choice, but because of mankind's choice. Dropping down a little further in Genesis 3.8. And they, that is Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and says, where are you? Well, he knew where he was, but he asked him, he says, where are you? And so Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said to him, Who told you that you were naked? And have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Now we could go on with the story, but this is just an introduction of what took place at the fall. And therefore, as a result of this fall, the Lord God sent them from the Garden of Eden. I'm going to read one last passage out of Genesis 3, 22. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil, and now lest he put out his hand and take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken, and he drove out the man and placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And that day god was not able to have fellowship in the same way any longer with sinful mankind it wasn't god's choice that is until jesus came for everything changed with jesus for god made all jesus made all the difference And upon the cross at Calvary, he proclaimed in John 19.30, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. That's out of the English Standard Version. And Jesus, who even at the beginning as a baby was called Emmanuel out of Matthew one twenty three, which means God with us. He was God with us, Emmanuel. And he is Emmanuel, God with us, to those who have come into salvation. Consider that Jesus, and Jesus changed everything. Consider that Jesus has affirmed his continued presence in our life when he spoke to his disciples shortly before his crucifixion. John 14.18 I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, who may be with you forever. We have the promise of God's presence. Better said, we have the assurance of God's continuing presence with us always through Jesus. Amen? Hebrews 13, 5. Jesus himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. In verse 6, so that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear or be afraid. Romans Romans 8, 15. For we have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, But we have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. I always laugh because because we get to be the bride of Christ. I get to be a bride. But all the ladies get to be sons of God. Amen. So, now, we can live out our lives in the security and strength of God's presence. For he truly is Emmanuel, God with us. Through Jesus amen I want to expand on that then because in the beginning as we saw in Genesis God's desire was for love and fellowship from the mankind that he had created and it, but, it, but it was to be a two-way fellowship not just one way with coming from God to mankind Adam and Eve were his friends and that is why God was walking in the garden looking for them that morning or that evening in the cool of the day. Freely, God gives love to us and hopes that we will freely, hear what I say here, and hopes that we will freely give love back to him in return. There is no one else or no other thing in all creation except mankind who has a free will choice to love God just because they want to only mankind consider some of those who made this choice to love God as a friend with all their heart exodus 33:11 the lord spoke to moses and he spoke to him face to face just as a man speaks to his friend highly unusual 1 Samuel 13, 14, we find David being referenced as the Lord had sought out for himself a man after his own heart. He knew David's heart. Does he know our heart? Do we stand before God as a friend? Genesis 5, 24, Enoch walked with God. And then it says he was not. He didn't even experience death uh, for God took him. Noah, Mary, Daniel, Ruth, Samuel, and others, they walked with God. They talked with God. They were his friends, his very, very dear friends. God declared for all to hear as he answered the Pharisee lawyer about the important commandments, Genesis 22, 37, and he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and most foremost commandment. However, I'm going to read that commandment again, and then I'm going to use a big however. He said to him as he was answering the lawyer, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. So I have a however for that. Because this is what the Lord laid on my heart. He says, however, consider with me this morning, If we were to look at this from a different point of view. This is the Lord speaking to me about this. What if you were freely able to seek the Lord's presence just because you wanted to, not because you were commanded to? But because the Lord God had become your friend. And we want to express our heartfelt friendship and love toward him. Jesus spoke just such a thing. How to become a friend of God. Jesus showed the way in three different passages of scripture that I'm going to cover this morning. How this can happen. And further, how we can live it and continue in it every single day of our lives until the Lord God calls us home to be with him in heaven. If we have ears to hear and are willing, the Holy Spirit will guide us into such a place of fellowship and friendship with God through Jesus that we may pour our love back to him freely. Amen? So the first of three ways to come into a close fellowship with God, that is a friendship without reservation, that is no longer holding back and become righteous before him number 1 righteous before him John 15:19 go ahead and turn with me to John John 5 I'm sorry John 5:19 John 5:19 <clears throat> John 5:19 Jesus therefore answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. Righteous before him, pouring our love to him is to be living for God in his image, choosing to live our lives before God and with God in spite of personal faults, shortcomings, or circumstances that make us feel terrible. It does not matter. We are to be living for God in his image and choosing to live our life before God and with God. John 14, 23, if you will turn with me to that. Jesus is talking to his future apostles and many disciples. And this is just shortly before he's going to be crucified here in a a few days. It's the last week of, of his life. And Jesus answered and said to them, if anyone loves me, they will keep my word and my father will love them. And we will come to them and make our abode with them. If anyone, I'll read it just exactly the way it reads because I paraphrased it just a touch there. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. Obedient to his word, Jesus' living word, each one can do such a thing. It is possible. And to live in such a way is possible. No one we mentioned earlier, all those saints of old, lived out their lives in holy perfection. There is no one on this earth other than Jesus who has ever lived a life of holy perfection. Every single individual you see in this congregation, including me, have faults and things that take place in their life. There are no perfect people except Jesus. What does that mean? Well, what it means is what those old saints did. What did they do? What they did do was is they had a profound and deep desire to live for God in all they did. And when they fell, not if they fell, but when they fell, they repented quickly and turned back to God. Let me give you an example. Peter, he denied Christ. Right there, when the when the... When the Pharisees are are hassling Jesus around, a, a, there's a fire and it's in the evening. He's been arrested and everything. Jesus is about as far as from me to Aaron over there, and they're giving him a, they're giving him this all this. They're giving him all kinds of torment, and Peter is over here and he's saying, "Well, you're one of them." He goes, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not." And Jesus is looking at him this close as Peter denies him. Right to his face. How horrifying. Peter is absolutely devastated. He goes out and weeps because he's so devastated. But what did Peter do? He did exactly what Jesus had been praying for him to do. Jesus denied Christ, but he turned, he repented a broken and contrite spirit and began immediately to once again live for our Lord Jesus Christ pouring out and strengthening his brothers in Christ Jesus to the glory of God. If you have a problem that you have incurred in this world, get off of your pity party and begin to serve the Lord again. The only way you're going to heal is when the anointing of God begins to flow through you and you raise up because you are walking in the Lord, because you love him. Amen? Life can be a torment, but the kingdom is a glory. You can either get off the torment and begin to walk in the glory, or you can descend into the pit even further, holding on to the torment. Hold on to the Lord with all you've got. I love my uh, statement out of Hebrews, hold fast, don't let go. Amen like it says back there on the wall. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. His grace is larger than your problem. If you will turn and repent and walk with him. Consider Paul's Holy Spirit inspired words. I want to explain why this is so important. Because if we truly love God, we honor God when we do this. Ephesians 2.4 look at what God has done in our Lord Jesus Christ. For God, being rich in mercy, this is out of the New American Standard, for God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. But then it goes on from there. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus Verse 7, yellow this in, in order that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Amen. When we turn back to the Lord every single time, we are giving evidence that we believe that his gracious grace and kindness towards us is worthy to be grasped and held on to. Amen. We either walk in the Lord or we don't. There is no in between. Jesus speaks to those who who seek. And deeply desire to have an unhindered fellowship and friendship with God our Father. Turn with me to Matthew 7. I'm going to use this passage in a different way because this is what the Lord is saying. If you want to walk with the the Father and you want an unhindered fellowship, no shackles, nothing in between. So it's just you and Him. Then hear what He is saying here. (coughs) Matthew 7. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man among you has a son shall ask for a loaf, and you give him a stone? No. Nothing against your stones over there, Sister Tina. (laughs) Or if you shall ask for a fish, you give him a snake. I live in Alaska because I don't care for snakes. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? You ask, you don't receive because you don't ask. Go to God and tell him, I want to pour back that love you've given me. What do I mean by that? Just like friends who have needs, God has needs. He desires our love. That might be something you've never thought about before. He desires our love more than we desire his love. He created us. He knows the potential that is in us. He knows what we have the capacity to do if we will just walk in Him. We're not talking forced love, but love given freely by our choice. For freely God has given, and freely we have received, and freely we are to be giving love back to Him. How so? How so, Henry? I mean, how am I able to do such a thing? When and where am I able to give back to God what he has freely given to me? That's a really good question. Well, the second of three ways to come into true fellowship with God. Ministering to God. Jesus spoke to this specifically, and I'd like you to turn to Matthew 25, 34. Some of you may already know where I'm going with this. So our first one was to be righteous before him. The second one is to minister to God. <clears throat> Matthew twenty-four 25-34. And I don't remember which version. I didn't put it down which one I wrote, wrote, used on this. So I'll just go ahead and read it. And the king will say to those on his right... Come to me, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. The King, by the way, is our Lord Jesus. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. And the righteous will answer and and say... To the king, when Lord, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and and give you a drink? And then the king answers and says, or they go on, and when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked or clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? When did this happen, Lord? And the king will answer and say, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, You ministered and did it to me. Going forth in this present world and doing as God has done for us. When we were hungry and thirsty and a stranger to him in a pit of despair and he rescued us. God did not just beckon us to come forth on our own strength. He rescued us and like a friend he sought us out. And would not give up on us, but was persistent, like it says in Revelation 3.20. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock, and if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and I will eat with you, and we will have fellowship together. Amen. To freely give of ourselves to others, as God has done so with us, is to extend ourselves directly to God in active, living friendship. For if God is truly our friend, we then minister to God as we minister to others. The third of three ways to come into fellowship with God is watching with him. Watching with him. Matthew 26, 36. This is one of my favorite passages. So the Garden of Gethsemane is just a phenomenal place. If I could move back to, or go back, I didn't say move. If I could go back to uh, and spend time in Israel, it would be in Jerusalem, and it would be in two places. One would be in the Garden of Gethsemane, and one would be at Emmaus. Both places have the most extraordinary anointing that you will ever sit in. You will not want to leave. It was very difficult for Nancy and I to leave the Garden of Gethsemane. We sat there for hours. It was like, I can't get up. She says, no, I can't either. I don't want to leave. I just want to stay here. I know. I want to stay here too. She says, I suppose we have to get up. I says, yeah, I suppose we have to. Let's wait a while. Okay. <laughs> the The immensity of the presence of the Lord was extraordinary in that place. It was, and Emmaus was the same way. It would bring you to weeping. Um, uh, Matthew 26, though, 36, I want us to take a look at something. It says, then Jesus came to them to a to a place, came with them to a place called Gethsemane. I'll tell you, some of the olive trees in the, in the olive grove in Gethsemane that are there have been, the olive trees don't necessarily die. They just keep regenerating. And the trees that are there in that olive grove were there as young trees when Jesus went through that garden. Think about that. Those trees know Jesus. I find that interesting. I went over and touched one of them just to, you know. Well, I mean, what the heck, you know. Jesus might have touched this tree. I want to touch it too, you know. So, Then Jesus came with him to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And there's a rock that he prayed on. It's inside the Church of All Nations now. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be grieved and distressed. And then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Remain here and keep watch with me. Spending time, they only spent an hour in Gethsemane. Because Jesus comes back and asks, Could you not even watch an hour? spending time with Jesus as we watch with him listening waiting watching as a friend for and I'll take it to the next level for what God would say as he shares with us hearing God's concerns as they might that they might become our concerns listening intently that we might enter into a place of friendship so close with God that we can truly declare, not my will, but yours be done. And as his friend, that is a friend of God and our Lord Jesus, as we begin to pray before God, he will begin to lead us to pray for the very things that matter to him as he speaks into our life and our spirit and our soul. I'm not talking common prayer here. I'm talking about the one who has said, I want to just walk with you. I want to express my love for you, that your concerns would be my concerns, that when I begin to pray, I only listen for your voice, and I will pray what you ask me to lift up. I'm talking about, and I don't want to use the term intercessor because that's not accurate. I'm talking about one who prays as God directs, because there's nothing in between you and our Lord God any longer. In the time ahead in our lives, I'm going to be closing here in a moment, there will be days when we will think we are alone. And yet God will walk and travel with each one of us. The question would be, will we even notice? Will we even realize it is him speaking to us? Or will the distractions of our present life so fill our minds it causes our ears to tune out his voice. I've got some folks that I pray for who who struggle with too many thoughts that fill their heads and uh, one of the prayers that I lift up that the Lord gave me was pray that the blood would filter out the voices of the strangers and that they only hear my voice. And that prayer has made a difference. The mockers, the accusers, the antagonists, the ones who would cause grief to someone who, who has, is in a bad place, they can't hear those voices any longer. Their comment is, is I, I can't seem to hear as well as I used to. Those, those things aren't as strong as they were or they've just gone away. Plead the blood specifically. Will the distractions of our present life in this world so fill our mind, it causes our ears to tune out his voice? Follow, following the resurrection on the road to Emmaus, Jesus had walked with two disciples. You'll find this at the end of Luke. And he spoke with them. But even so, in their state of mind that day, that they, they, they did not even recognize him. As he's walking along with them but when they ask him hear what it says here but when they ask him to stay and begin to fellowship with them Jesus served them as a friend and opened their eyes that they might see him in all his glory, Luke 24:29. And they urged him to say, say, they urged him, saying, "Stay with us, for it is getting towards evening and the day is now nearly done." And he went in to stay with them and. When he was at the table with them he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them and then their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus and who he was. How often we have missed the blessing of God's presence as he walked with us because of our busy and worried minds and distracted lives and when we didn't even think to invite him in. Give thought <clears throat> I'm going to ask each one of you, give thought to the remainder of the day ahead and your life as you live it out day to day. Will you choose to love God without reservation and seek his full presence in your life and invite him in as a friend? Will you do so today? Not just because he commanded it. But because he has freely given love to you and in sincere friendship, you would want to give back love freely to him. This day ahead, consider friendship with God as Jesus spoke it in three ways. Be righteous before him. Express your love for God by serving and ministering to others. And take the time to watch with our Lord God in prayer, listening for His voice. And when you do so, you will become a blessing to God in Jesus, someone He would call His friend, His dear and loving friend. Amen. Let's all pray. Actually, I'm going to pray and have you say after me. I won't make you commit to something you don't want to commit to. No, oh, I don't want to commit. No, 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 you don't. <laughs> what we're going to pray is we're going to ask the Lord to just open our heart and mind. Amen. Just say, my Lord Jesus Christ, open me up that I may hear God's voice, that I may serve others, That I may walk in righteousness. That I may express my love. And pour back to you. That which you have given me. Father God. I love you with all my heart. My Lord Jesus. I love you with all my heart. Holy Spirit. I am so thankful you are with me. And I love you with all my heart. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, guide me, guard me, pour your love into me. And I love you this day without holding back. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you all.